uh, though I cannot say like, like uh, the psalmist that I was young, but now I'm old. But I'm at least older than most of you. <clears throat> and I'm grateful to God for the opportunity to come back and share God's word with you. For me, Jaquat is a, is a place that has blessed my heart many times. And uh, I think half the congregation in our church is made up of former Jaquat students. And so it's, I feel like I'm home. Amen? So the topic today is on prayer. And um, I don't know where to begin, but allow me to start uh, with the reading of God's word. Then I will ask God's blessing on his word, and then we will jump in for the time that we have. I'll be reading from Matthew chapter 6. We'll look at Matthew 6 from verse 1 to verse 18. I'm reading from the King James Version of the Bible. Matthew 6, 1. Take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest alm, take, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, closet, closet. and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to the Father which is in secret, and the, thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when thou uh, when you pray, use no vain reputations as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what, you, what things you have need of before you ask him. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth. As it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth 
in secret shall reward thee openly. Our Lord and Father, we are grateful for this opportunity to sit under the preaching of your word. And Lord, I pray that as we look into these uh, texts of scripture that you've given us to feed from this morning, I pray that, Lord, you will guide our hearts and our minds, that, Lord, we would be transformed this morning to have a different perspective and a way of looking at prayer. Lord, I pray that as I share this word and as I, uh, we break forth this bread of life, that, dear Lord, you will feed our hearts and our spirits, and that, Lord, we would be transformed, that we will be changed, and we will be conformed to the likeness and the image of your Son, Jesus Christ. I pray that, Lord, you will cleanse us and forgive me and forgive us, Lord, as we sit to hear your word, and that, Father, Lord, you will prepare our hearts uh, as vessels, clean and holy before you, that as your word comes, Lord, it will find a place to germinate, to grow, and to produce fruit 30, 60, 70, and 100 fold, all to the glory and honor of your name. We praise you, we honor you, and we give you thanks for we ask you these things in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Prayer is the means by which we approach God. We don't pray because we, we have needs. That's a wrong way of approaching prayer. But we pray because we have and we want to build a relationship with God. We don't come to God because we have things that we want from him. Uh, God is not some big guy up in heaven who, who sorts our needs. No, we come to God in prayer because we desire to have a relationship and a thriving one with the Father. According to the encyclopedia, the Christian encyclopedia, Christian prayer in its full New Testament meaning is prayer addressed to God as Father in the name of Christ, as the mediator, and through the enabling grace of the indwelling spirit. Christian prayer in its full New Testament meaning is prayer addressed to God, number one, but to God as the Father. And prayed through the name of Christ as our mediator who comes between us and God. And through the enabling spirit, uh, or rather the enabling grace of the indwelling spirit, the Holy Spirit of God. So if that's not how we approach God, then we, we need to ask God to, to guide our hearts. The Bible says in Psalm 10, verse 4, the wicked have no desire to pray. If, if you get to a point where you feel like you no longer want to pray, uh, think of such verses. And, and uh, they, they kind of rebuke us to approach God a different way. The wicked have no desire to pray. And Luke 11, verse 1, we are told that the children of God have a natural desire to pray. It's supposed to come out naturally for us as the children of God. Prayer should be a discipline that we as sons and daughters in the kingdom of God, 
we, you know, live in it and it becomes a part of our lives because the wicked have no desire for the relationship that is built through prayer with God. So today we want to talk about a few things and through the looking at this text of scripture in chapter 6 of, of Matthew, we will look at the sincerity of prayer from verse 6. We will look at the simplicity of prayer, verse 7, and we will look at the sample prayer that Christ gives us. You see, many of us take prayer uh, as a one-sided relationship. You know, you know, you guys are at a place where you are trusting God for that man or that woman in your lives. And if you're in a relationship or you're trying to be in one, but you're the only one who calls, texts, and nothing comes in return, you begin to make different prayers. Eh? God, is he really the one? Is she really the one? <laughs> you, know, you know the way when, we, when, we, when you feel like you have found a, 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 a partner, you, you go to the Bible study and you, your, your prayer request has changed. And now it's Thanksgiving. The Lord has answered. You don't even say that, that hey, hey, I, I was trusting God for a girlfriend. and I, You just say, I'm, me, I'm just thanking God now. Now there they ask you, and John, what's your prayer request? Ah, Thanksgiving. <laughs> God has answered. You have the lady of your dreams. But then the relationship becomes one-sided. You call, you text, you ask for dates, and nothing, nothing is forthcoming. It becomes a one-sided relationship. And sometimes we approach God that way. We say we love God. We claim to be sons and daughters in the kingdom of God. But we only come to God for needs. You only come to God when you feel like you're at the bottom of your life. That is not a relationship we should have with God. God is not our MP or our MCA who we go to when we have needs. I had an uncle uh, who was a, a, a leader back in the days and whenever I went to his, his house, because his children, my cousins, were great friends of mine, we went to high school together, I would find a queue of people waiting outside to see him, to get school fees or food or something. And I would always think like they are taking advantage of, 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 of my uncle. But that's the way life is. When you, you have some influence, people will come to you for you to sort them, their needs. But is that the way we should approach God? Many of us as believers, that's the kind of uh, relationship we, we have with God. We come to him only when our lives are not going the way we, we want. But when things are good, we don't pray, we don't build a relationship with God, we move on with life. But let's look at chapter 6, the first verse. The Bible says, take heed that you do not... Um, you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. This chapter begins uh, with warnings. Take heed. Be careful. And be careful about three things. Be careful how you give. Be careful how you pray. And be careful how you fast. Praying, giving, and fasting. 
Take care not to try to demonstrate how good you are in the presence of men in order to be seen by them. Those are the warnings. That's the warning that, that Christ is giving his listeners. And then he says, otherwise you have your reward. Um, you have no reward with your father which is in heaven. Let me explain a few things. You see, to the Jewish culture, there were three cardinal works of righteousness or of a religious life. Three great pillars on which a good life was based. So if a man or a Jewish man would want to demonstrate that he is pious and religious, these three cardinal works of righteousness would be present in their lives. The first one is giving of alms. The second one is prayer. And the third one is fasting. And those are the three things that Christ in that chapter begins by warning his listeners to be careful of how they, you know, uh, demonstrate. Then, Christ um, was not in this place asking them not to do these things. He knew that, that was cultural for a Jewish uh, man or woman. Jesus would not, would not for a moment hear uh, dispute that kind of life. What troubled him most was what uh, so often uh, had become uh, in the lives of the Jewish people. Because we know and we, we all know that the finest things that are done from a wrong motive always you know, may turn out to be wrong or sinful. Christ's warning in this text was that if there are three things, or rather if these three things were done with the sole intention of bringing glory to the doer, they lost by far the most important part of their lives as religious people. And Jews, the listeners of Christ, knew very well about these three things because they built up a religious life in their lives. Or they demonstrated a pious, righteous way of life. And so Christ is addressing these three things uh, before these men because they know they knew, rather, or and Christ knew well, him being a Jewish man, that they meant a lot in their culture. So Christ is saying that his praying may simply be an attempt now for, for the Jewish people that are listening to him, that their praying may just have been an attempt to demonstrate his exceptional piety in such a way that no one can fail to see it. If that's the intention then you, you have no reward before God. A man may fast, not really for the good of his soul, not really to humble himself in the sight of God, but simply to show the world what splendidly self-disciplined character he is. And that's why Christ is warning them. He's telling them, take heed that these things will not be self-glorifying. Giving, praying, and fasting. If you're giving to show forth, if you're praying to be seen as righteous, and if you're fasting to be seen as pious, you have no reward with God. A man may practice good works simply to win praise from men, to increase his own prestige, and to show the world how good he is. And how often do we do that? But according to Christ, these acts of self-glorifying 
good do not receive any reward from God. What's the, what does the Bible say in Galatians 6? 6? We are told that God is not mocked. Whatever man, so shall he. You cannot mock God. So whatever you do, whether you give, you pray, and you fast, if it's not coming out of a clean heart, a desire to build a relationship with God, then you have your reward with men, not with God. And so what Christ is saying in this text is if you give alms to the poor or to the temple to demonstrate your generosity that is in giving, you will get, you will get the admiration of men, but that is all you will ever get, and this is your payment in full. Men will pat you on the back, but that's it. If you pray to flaunt your piety in the face of men, you will get the reputation of being extremely devout man, but that's all. You have your reward with men, not with God. If you fast to be seen, you'll be known by men as a righteous man, but that's all you will get. You will have no payment with God, but you'll have accolades among men. So Christ is saying that the um, in, in other words, the getting the reward of men or seeking to be rewarded by men and missing the everlasting reward of God is sadly being a short-sighted creature who grasps the reward of time and lets the reward of eternity go away. Which one would you rather have? Eternal rewards or short-lived earthly rewards. You know, I remember back in the day when we, we were learning the Christian discipline of prayer and fasting, we would look for the, like the best place to pray and fast. And we, I, I, I served in a in music ministry in my church where I grew up. And we, we loved, we were taught how to pray, and we were looking for every opportunity to find ourselves in a place of, Serious prayers. We were young and uh, with little knowledge. And we would go to places like Karura Forest. Hey, I have been to Karura Forest, Bana. I have been to Catalonia. And, and I'm not saying don't go. If you're planning to, please go ahead and go there. If you need to pray. But for us, what we, we didn't know is that it's... It, it didn't mean that now if you, if you punish your body in the, in the caves of Karura Forest, then God would hear you. And we did those things. And we were, we were very zealous, but without knowledge, as Scripture says. And I remember one of the days we, we went to, to Karura, and man, there are people there. We found people there. We, and you're talking to a brother in the evening while you want to, you know, preparing to go to bed, and, and their voice is almost gone. You, you're there, you've only been there for a night or two. And they, hey, brother, you're from which church? And the voice tells you that this man has been here for many days. You know, so you try to have a conversation and you ask him, so how long have you been here? And he said, nimekuwa hapa siku. Ishirini. Hey. He can't, he, he's almost, his, his voice is almost gone. 
And you're thinking, man, I'm, I feel like going back home day two. <laughs> this guy's been here 20 days. And you're like, you're almost asking him, when he got a kujibu? I remember one of the young men that we, okay, we were all young. So one of the men in our ministries came the second day in the evening and said, so we would gather in the evening and pray together. And he would say, uh, guys, I, God has spoken to my heart. God has given me a message for the church treasurer. What? <laughs> this guy is leaving us in Karura. <laughs> and the guy took off. We, we, were, we were like 10 of us. So everyone is thinking, okay, that's a good plan. Should I say God has given me a word for the church secretary? Because <laughs> prayer was not easy. Yes, we wanted to, to, to feel closer to God. We wanted to, to, to have a moment in our lives when we would experience the power and the glory of God. But we were not. We were with little knowledge. And we thought by punishing our, our bodies, we would probably appease you know, God and make him happy. And as if that was not enough, we came back from Karura and we were back in the church and we were leading music and all that, but we would still feel like, manze, atuna breakthrough. You know those, we used to have that language. Hakuna eh? breakthrough. Tunde wapi, ah, there's another place. Ah, Osisi, machakos. Three days later, we are tired. We want to come back. We are looking for an opportunity. And God speak. Trudy. <laughs> And we struggled. Why? Because whatever we were doing was not for a personal relationship with God. It was to, you know, kind of, the way you go to a witch doctor, you pay some money, you, give, you get some power, and you go and use that for business or for, you know, to get a girlfriend. We did not understand prayer. But if we knew that if you build a genuine relationship with God and approach God from a place of father and son and you communicate with God from a loving place, your life is better off than someone who spends 50 days of prayer and fasting for other things other than to seek and to glorify God with their lives. I hope I'm not discouraging someone who is planning to go for fasting. Please go ahead. So Christ is telling them, if you fast to be seen by men, if you give to, receive, uh, to, to be praised by men, if you pray to be seen of men, you have no reward with your Father in heaven. And then... Then he, he tells them how not to pray. He says, when you pray, uh, so the verse begins by, therefore, verse 2, when thou dost thine arms, do not sound a trumpet. So he's already talked about um, giving. And then verse, verse 5, sorry. And when you pray, 
Thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward already. Where? From men. You see, this verse starts with when you pray. It doesn't say if you pray. And that's how we think as believers. God, Christ is not saying if you ever pray. He says when you pray. Why is he saying when you pray? Because it's expected of believers to pray. It's expected of you to pray. So when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. Who stands in the synagogues and in the corner streets to be seen of men to be devout? You see, no nation had a higher ideal of prayer that the Jews had. And no religion ranked prayer higher in the scale of priorities than the Jews did. To them, prayer was everything. They would say words like this, Great is prayer, said the rabbis. Greater than all good works is prayer. They would also say that he who prays within his house, surrounds it with a wall that is stronger than iron. The only regret that the rabbis had was that it was impossible to pray all day. They loved to pray, but certain fouls had crept in into the Jewish habits of prayer, even as, as much as they loved to pray, that now Christ comes forth and tries to correct them. And we do have this problem today also. Because we, as Africans and as Kenyans, we, we love to pray. We, we have a culture of prayer, almost as, as similar to the Jewish one. And these are, those, are not the fouls of neglect of prayer. We do pray. So it's not, Christ is not correcting them for lack of prayer. No but it's the misguided devotion. Christ is rebuking them for their misguided devotion. He's not calling them out for a lack of prayer. They prayed. They did pray. And in fact, when you read the history of the Jewish people, um, prayer for them became so formalized that, that, that they had these prayers that we find in Deuteronomy called the Shema. There were three short, short prayers that the Jews would make from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 and 9, chapter 11, and in Numbers chapter 15. When you read those places, Deuteronomy 6, 11, and Numbers 15, you will find those places where the priest would just come and, and, and bless the people. In fact, Deuteronomy begins by, Hear, O Israel, the Lord God is one. Thou shalt worship the Lord God with all of your heart. And that prayer how it begins there. Hear, O ye Israel. The Lord God is one Lord was a prayer that was recited every morning and every evening. In fact, you had to stop wherever you are to recite that prayer because it kind of showed that you're a devout man. This kind of lifestyle had a potential of becoming vain reputation, like what we've just read. 
which men mumbled through life like some spell or some incantation. You know, it became so formalized that you would, you would remember I have not prayed and you would stop and just recite the Shema. Or if you remembered, oh, it's, it's noon, I need to make this prayer. Because they would do this three times a day. In fact, the Bible, speaks, the Bible speaks of how this prayer was repeated three times. And this is what we do as believers. You, 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 you come before a meal and you remember, ah, and you do you know, that quick, quick thing. Because you, want to, you don't want to go with guilt that you've eaten without prayer. It becomes so formalized. It becomes, you know, no meaning. That had become prayer for the Jewish people. And that's what Christ is doing in this, in this chapter. So they had another prayer called Shemane, Ezra. They, it's, called, it's called, literally means the, the 18. It consisted of 18 prayers. Um, this was... This was and still is an essential part of the, of the synagogue today. And in time, the prayer became a, a, a thing that they would recite three times a day. The first time, you know, the world sleeps out the third, the sixth, and the ninth hour. That was 9 a.m. at midday and at 3 p.m. And this is a very similar culture as the Muslims. Muslims also do that. So that at a certain point, sharp on the dot, you would say that prayer. And at noon, at 3 p.m., they would say it. And so it became so formalized, so casual, that if you didn't do that, that you'd kind of feel guilty, but not the guilt of a broken relationship with God, but not being a true Jewish man. And that is what Christ is doing in that chapter. So the danger is a man gabbles his prayer without a thought of God to fill in the time. It became religion. I know what religion is. Man trying to reach God. But Christianity as, as we know it in scripture is Christ reaching out to us and being the sacrifice that brings us back to God. So many people have become religious in their way of prayer that it, has no longer, it no longer has any meaning in their lives. And the other danger is to connect prayer with a certain place. So to the Jewish people, it had to be in the temple or in the synagogue. In fact, they would say words like this. Whoever is long in prayer is hard. So they would take you know, time to pray those long prayers and most of which were recitations. They would also say, if a man, if men better lay, um, rather if men better long enough to God's door, or lay long enough to God's door, he will answer them. So that you need to spend your time petitioning God, reciting those things, spending your time in the temple, as if God is, is interested in those things. Those are the things that Christ is correcting in this chapter. The Bible says in Psalms 106 verse 2, Who can utter the mighty acts of God? Who can show forth all his promises? You can spend your entire life calling up unto God, but you cannot fully do 
your best. You can't give God your best by your own, you know, recitation of things or many words because that was the life of the Pharisees. In Ecclesiastes 5.2, the Bible says that do be not rash with your mouth and let not thy heart um, be hasty to utter anything before God. Don't, don't be in a rush to say things before God. I don't think by your much speaking, God will hear you. You know, there are, there are people who, who would not be asked to pray for, for a meal because you know you, you'll eat cold food. <laughs> if you ask our brother, ah, ah, Brother James, could you please uh, give thanks for the food? And, and please, please, James, we're in a hurry. Because eh? <laughs> they would pray for the farmers. <laughs> Rice farmers in Moya will receive prayers. It's not the length of the prayer that God is interested in. The best adoration consists in keeping silence. Someone has said, the best adoration consists in keeping silence. I had a small prayer book um, that I, I, I gave a brother and I, I forgot who I gave and so it has never come back. We, we do that a lot, so... <laughs> I also recently found books in my bookshelf that I have put to return to their owners. <laughs> and so this, this book had quotes about prayer. And one of the quotes was one that I, 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 I loved so much. It said, it's better to go to God with a heart and without words than with words without a heart. The Bible in Ecclesiastes 5.2 calls us to let our words be few before God. Why? Because God is more interested in your heart, not in your words. There are people who, when they pray, you feel like heaven is coming down. You know, you're in that prayer and you're just like, you want to start moving around and people are holding hands together. You know those people, you are holding hands together, but they are. Because they are either agreeing with that prayer or if it's them who prays. If it is them that are praying, you, you want to stand here, not, not where they are. Because they will make you punch in the air and kick the devil. Sometimes we, we do those things and really when you think about them, they are not spiritual. Like my daughter was telling me, my eight-year-old girl was telling me, singing a song in the house that they were taught in school. Shika Shetanis, Jim, Vingirishe, Mtupe. I'm like, hey, Zuri, you can't do that to the devil. You, you can't. Please go tell your teacher that song is unbiblical. <laughs> no, you know, she's a pastor's daughter, so she has to learn these things <laughs> slowly. Mshike Mugangushe, the devil. You do that to the devil. So in those prayers, you'd hear Shetani, Tunakukamata. Me, when you, when you start making those prayers, I walk away. <laughs> I don't want to be near the devil. <laughs> I, I will open my eyes. 
not my feet. <laughs> Those things, they sound spiritual and deep, but they don't scare the devil a thing. He's also looking at your heart. Are you devoted? And that's why the Bible is saying that we come to God with few words. And be, we, we be careful what we say. Be not in rush with your mouth. You know, there we enter, we enter the Kesha sometimes, marching. We march like Uta Niona Weshetani. You know, I remember we were called to pray for a, for a lady who, who, when I was young also, a lady who had some demonic experience. And so she came and said, eh, hey, Mikwangu, she, she was neighboring some Muslims. And she seriously felt things moving in her house. And so she came to us. We, in the music ministry, we also intercessors. You know the way they go together, yeah? music and intercessory. <laughs> and so she came to us and we were like, ah, yondo kazietu. Like we are professional prayer warriors. Wako? Kukwako? Twende. And you feel like taking off. And we went to the house and we prayed long prayers. We prayed and we and she said, You guys, can you can you spend here? Like, yeah. So you think the demons will come again tonight? Ah, to koapa bana. So your mattress. And we slept all night in the morning. We found she had already gone to work. Akatwachia popesa breakfast. We ate. And we locked her house, put the key somewhere. We were, you know, that age between high school and college. And in the evening, we were like, so you need, you need us to still spend here. <laughs> we were professional prayer warriors. But deep inside our hearts, we were still struggling with my relationships, my breakups, pale, my, <laughs> my lying, those things, promiscuity, fornication, but when, and those things were in the secret. But when you, we were asked to pray in the church, we had our way of prayer. Father, we pray for the judiciary, for the legislature, for the executive. <laughs> People would even, you know, peep like, hey, that guy is reading the prayer. No, they were just coming from here and not here. Is that the kind of prayer, life? You want you have no difference with the Pharisees that Christ is rebuking in this text of Scripture. So, it is easy to be to be confounded uh, to rather it's easy to confound or confuse verbosity with piety and fluency with devotion. And into that mistakes, many of the Jewish people fell. And we too fall into that. We think by the way we arrange our words, we are powerful. And the demons will be afraid of us. And then our prayers become more of fighting the devil than devotion to God. So that you only call when there's, there's a problem. They never call you to just come and just give us a moment of adoration to our God. Very few people have such kind of prayers. Many of us want to be called to kuna jamaa apa na you know, shida where you want to, you want to be called there. 
When a man begins to think more of how he is praying than what he is praying, his prayer dies upon his lips, someone has said. And Christ insists that all the prayers must be offered to God. The Pharisees were praying to men. It is better to go to God, I say that, with a heart and without words. Like Hannah in the Bible, she came to God with a deep prayer. She needed a child, and words were not coming out, but her heart was fully given to God, and God saw her and rewarded her. If there was someone else there praying and calling to heaven and mentioning God by all his names, Jehovah, there's a, new, there's a word I keep hearing from a brother. I, I'm a, I mean, I'm, I have a degree in theology, but I, I still can't pronounce that word. Jehovah, Nikshikadi, something. And that guy would pray with those words, and you're like, ish, Jehovah, ten names. Jehovah, Shaman, Nisi, Rafa. You know, those things. And you're there thinking, hey, God, me, I just, I just need, a, I need fair to go home right now. Schools are closed. <laughs> you only know Jehovah, Jireh. Because you sing that song a lot, Jehovah Jireh. This guy has called God in all his 15 names, some in pure Hebrew. And you feel like, hey God, do I even know how to pray? How do you pray? The verse 6 is calling us to, be, to pray in secret. Don't, don't desire to be seen. Our public prayers, don't really, they only tell men who we are but not God. In the book of 1 Kings 18, 26, the prophets of Baal and Elijah are in a contention. And we learn from that text that God does not answer in sincere prayers. Do not pray words that are simply memorized, but words from the heart. Because these people, that's what they were doing. And this was the problem in this text, in this chapter. And in our lives today. Why does Christ want us to pray if he knows that the Father already knows our desires and is willing to answer us? God, God the Father wants to hear the voices of his children. He desires to respond to our needs. It's part of the intimate inner heart relationship that we call to him from the bottom of our hearts. It's a two-way relationship. God speaks through his word and we speak back to him through prayer. And verse 8, we are, say, we are told, be not like them. What were they doing? Be not like them. They were hypocrites. They had no devotion in their hearts. They had recited prayers. They were looking for men to praise them. And then verse 9, we get a sample of prayer. It's called the disciples' prayer. He says, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth. It is a submission to God's desire. It's a Christ-centered prayer. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom above all things. Let thy will and thy kingdom come. And thy will be done here on earth. Three essential needs of man and three spheres of time that men move in that are mentioned in that, in that simple prayer. Daily bread. Give us our daily bread. 
That's our life. In the present, forgive us our sins, the past. Take care of our many backslidings and help in overcoming and you know, lead us not to temptation. We are calling God to help us in the future. Present, our daily lives in the past, forgive us for the many things we have done and we are petitioning God for the future, asking him to help us in our temptations. The bread of life, give us our daily bread. He's the father our creator, the sustainer of life and the giver of life. He will fill us with every good thing if we come to him with a heart that is given to him. He says, forgive us our sins, our trespasses. He is our redeemer. He is our savior. Jesus here teaches us to bring the whole of life to the whole of God and to bring the whole of God to the whole of life. In that simple sample, prayer. So prayer is Communication, I can go through, it's, it's a long text, I, can, I can't do each verse, but, but I'm just giving us in, 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 in like a summary. Prayer is communication, and it's it mostly a fellowship with God. Prayer, pray in faith. James 1, 6, we are called to, to pray in faith. Whatever you shall ask, we are told in John 16, the Father, in my name, he will give it to you. We are called to pray in the name of the Lord. To pray in faith, according to James 1, 6. To pray in the name of the Lord, according to John 16, 23. Pray with confidence. Also in Hebrews, we are called confidently to approach the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and grace to help us in time of need. Philippians 4, 6 to 7. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Worry about nothing. Pray about everything. Pray without ceasing. First Thessalonians 5.17 Life is fragile. Therefore, handle it with prayer. Accept. Um, so nothing lies outside the reach of prayer except that which lies outside the will of God. So God wants us to pray. And when we pray to God and nothing happens, our prayers seem not to be answered. Trust in God's sovereignty. In due time, he will answer you. If he says yes, if he says no, if he says wait, trust in him, ask him for grace to help you wait upon him. And then he's given us a sample that we can use to pray. And that prayer, the, the disciples' prayer, is a form of worship before God. Calls us to seek his will, calls us to seek his kingdom. Our prayer becomes an acknowledgement of the Trinity, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that is calling the whole of God into the whole of life. Give us our bread, daily bread, forgive us our trespasses, and um, lead us not into temptation. Calling the whole of God, the triune God, into the whole of our lives bread, forgiveness of sins, and our future lives, even as we anticipate to face diverse trials that God will guide us and fight our battles. I want us to go before God in prayer. In order, I want you to ask yourself, how do I pray? Do you pray like the Pharisees who want to be seen by men? Have your prayers become a simple recitation of great words 
and no heart before God? Do you pray to be seen? Or are you praying to build a relationship with the maker of the universe? Are you having a devotion, daily devotion with God, so that if you say two words today, you're still content in your heart that you're building a relationship with God? Or do you feel guilty when you pray for five minutes because you want to feel like you're pleasing God? Let me tell you, the Bible says in the, in the Mount of Transfiguration, a voice of, was heard from heaven saying, here is my son in whom I am well pleased. Stop trying to please God. Only Christ pleased him to the fullest. And he has become our mediator. So we go to God through Christ. And you don't go there with many words. Go there with a devoted heart. He'll give you the words. You can pray all night. And you can pray a prayer that is from a devoted heart. And you can also pray for five minutes. And you can have a life that is filled with a commitment and a devotion to God. Why? Because you dwell in his word. You're seeking his will. So that if you pray a short prayer and you're praying in God's will, your prayer is answered. And you can also do the same all night if your heart is fully given to him. Dear Lord, we desire that you teach us how to pray. Your disciples came to you and said, Lord, teach us how to pray as John taught his disciples. And you told them to pray. And you told them, Lord, that after this manner, therefore, pray you, our Father, which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. May the Lord bless you. Uh, let's appreciate him once more.